Of films on trial this week, the other guys. I'm Gav. I'm Alex. I'm Joel. I'm Dave. And I'm Austin. And just like the other guys, we're your only hope, <laughs> which is pretty <laughs> untrue. If it was true, you'd be screwed. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't even call us as a last resort. <laughs> now, seriously, though, if you've never heard of this show before, then hold on to your Prius because we're about to have ourselves a good old soup kitchen. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, no. Essentially, we take a film, I'm not lying, and we put it on trial. It's as simple as that. There's also a whole host of other hilarious shenanigans to keep you entertained, including a caption contest, a quiz, some impressions, some average sound of film playing, some sound effects, and a whole lot of banter. So do stick around. Now, this week's film on trial is the 2010 action comedy, The Other Guys. Is it The Guys, or is it The Other Guys? <laughs> is it... I, I, so I'm just ad libbing here again. I, I feel like up again. I feel like you've been putting in a lot less effort these last two weeks. <laughs> I've had a lot on in, in actual work. <laughs> is that is it? Bu- no that's a you know it. Got, I've got one. Is it the rock or is it a flat place? <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. Um, yeah. No. <laughs> Hopefully, hang on. I should say, is it the rock or is it a flat place? Okay, so uh, hopefully we're going to find out. Just to say this will be a very spoilerific episode, so if you haven't seen the film yet, you can listen to this episode after you've watched it. It's free on Netflix at the moment, or if you pay for a Netflix subscription, that is. Or you can just trust our judgments. And who does? I know who does. (laughs) (laughs) Alternatively, you can fast forward to our quiz this week brought to us by... Me. Alex. There we go. Which we're going to start around the 40, 45 minute mark me thinks now before we go on our last film on trial was speed now dave you judged that trial and deemed that it should be placed on the hit list mm-hmm. you've since gone away and you've watched the film mm-hmm. did you make the right call yeah, I'm going to stand by my decision. I mean, uh, we got the vote of everybody in the room and the vast majority of our listeners and the vast majority of audience and critical scores. I think I felt pretty safe at the time. But yeah, I, <laughs> I loved it. I mean, I remember watching it. I remember enjoying it. I had to leave that at the door. It's one of those films that I was, I was saying to Alex afterwards, you know, it always crops up at Christmas. It's one of those films that people just enjoy watching. It's just one of those no-brainer action films, but done with some style. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I'm well in Speed's Corner. Okay, thank you very much, Dave. Uh, now, before we move on to the bulk of the show, I think it's time for a little bit of Alex's Film Feels. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Favourite, no, funniest cop in any film? I think you've just come up with this right now. Uh, <laughs> no, it was when I went to the toilet. <laughs> I, I, I got one. I got, go on. I, I'm going to go with Frank Drabin. Yes. From the Naked oh, Gun films. Man. I'm, yeah, I'm really more, I'm more of a police squad fan than I like the Naked Gun films. But yeah, Frank Drabin really? is just, yeah, he's hilarious. Leslie Nielsen at his finest. Yes, a, a good one. I'm going to go for Steve Martin. Have you watched Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid? Oh, yeah. Oh, is he a police officer or would you say he was a private, private detective? detective? Good one. Oh. Funniest private detective. Or <laughs> <laughs> police in the film. <laughs> I'm going to amend it. <laughs> um, Austin? Uh, um, what about uh, Chris Tucker in Rush Hour? yeah it's is yeah i'd say that chris tucker was the funnier of the two although jackie chan does have his funny moments so he is onto something there yeah. mm. um i would say uh hooch from 10 when hooch i'm gonna say um eddie murphy in beverly hills cop yes yeah that old banana in the tailpipe that has served me well Who for so many practical <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Now, 
No, uh, so uh, actually, he's just announced as well that he's going to um, do Beverly Hills Cop Four as well. That's I a believe- bad idea. That's yeah. a terrible idea. Distributed by Netflix, I believe, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. God. Mm. And Netflix was straight in there when that was announced. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They love shit. I know it's it's a. Bit <laughs> <laughs> say it like it's it. Uh, and that's why you don't own a, a subscription to Netflix. <laughs> if you pay, we shouldn't have to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It's uh, it's a bit of a mad one as well, considering how shit Beverly Hills Cop Three was. But mm. uh, are they going to get back? Uh, what was his name? Judge, Judge Randall. Well, he's yeah. not doing anything else, is he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's uh, waiting outside the studio as we speak. He's been waiting for that phone to ring since Beverly Cops. <laughs> yeah, he's been, the thing is, he's been pitching that and a, and a sequel to Vice Versa. <laughs> uh, okay, Joel, hey, what was yours? Um, it's, it's a tough one. Probably, since everybody else has chosen the other good ones, uh, 21 Jump Street. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Which one, yeah. Channing or they Jonah? both work off each other? That's the beauty of the film. <laughs> <laughs> a bit like the other guys in that respect. <laughs> oh, brilliant! Uh, okay, so uh, thank you very much for that, Alex. Loser. Ooh. Oh, mm. oh, oh <laughs> right. cold Damp- blooded. Put a dampener on the spirit. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, now on to the bulk of the show. As mentioned before, it is uh, the <laughs> other guys. The other guys. Yes. It. yes, it is. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> I feel like it was much better in rehearsal. <laughs> Fucking hell. Like, uh, I don't know why I never learned to just, uh, I don't know, figure out what I'm going to play and uh, practice it a few times before, maybe. Uh, anyway, so this film hasn't been picked out of the Had at Random, but rather it's been handpicked by our good friend, Joel. Hello, Joel. Hello. And uh, as Joel has picked the film, he'll be acting as defense and trying to get this film placed on the hit list. Now, Joel is a little bit like Steve Coogan's David Ayrshon. We don't really know what he does for a living, but we do know he's sketchy as fuck. <laughs> uh, now, all of the other roles have been picked out of the hat at random, so joining Joel in defence will be me. I'm a little bit like Mark Wahlberg's Terry Hoist. It's no, what is it, Hoist? Ho- mm. Yeah. Yeah. Hoist. 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 Yeah, Hoist. Uh, I have severe anger issues. I'm the human equivalent of a peacock. And I would <laughs> and I would shoot a player from our city's most popular sporting team. <laughs> by accident. By accident. Uh, now, acting as prosecution and trying to get this film placed on the shit list will be Dave and Ozzy. Dave is a little bit like Will Ferrell's Alan Gamble. He's an accountant. He often listens to soft rock in his car and he would definitely accept a bribe in the form of tickets to go and see Jersey Boys. You, you've got my number, mate. I'm denying none of that. And Ozzy is a little bit like Samuel L. Jackson's Highsmith. He dresses all in black. He likes to live life to the full. Is he bald? Is he not? You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and also he drives very recklessly as well. So yeah. Uh, now I can, just... I can see you've given yourself here, haven't you? What? You've given yourself here. Yeah, if if, if, if you're going to be the rock, done. then we're... we're no, he's already we're done. Is that Mark Wahlberg? Sorry, sorry. Good fucking job. Yeah. Withdrawn. Sorry. <laughs> uh, now, just like real court advocates, we'll be making the best case for our roles. These may or may not be our real opinions, however, so do stay tuned to the end of the episode to hear our genuine thoughts. <laughs> Which means... Shit. Should have really seen this This is pretty going to be one of the champs. Alex has the most important role as he'll be playing the judge. Which side do you want? Uh, I knew there was a reason why I didn't go with God. Alex was playing the judge. Alex is just like Dirty Mike. (laughs) He looks homeless. Now, <laughs> I think you got off lightly with the with why you're like Dirty Mike. Well, yeah, to be fair, <laughs> I haven't seen a film in a long time, so I don't know who Dirty, what Mike, Dirty Mike gets up to. I'm Bruce guessing Lee. Dirty Mike. It's not great. It's, it's not. <laughs> now, Alex must decide which list the film should be placed on hit or shit based solely on the arguments put to him and not using his own opinion. Now, before we get started, I think we should give the listeners a bit of a better understanding as to what this film is about. So let us spin the wheel of impressions. So what we do here is we read the synopsis of the film in, in the style of one of the cast or characters from the film. This week, it has landed on Joel. Uh, so, 
how would we like Joel to read the synopsis? That much of a speaking role. <laughs> um, I don't know. Do, do, could Joel do a Wahlberg? Could he do a Farrell? Oh, could he do a Steve Coogan? Could you do a Coogan? What's, what's your way of thinking, Joel? <laughs> Uh, I, I mean, I, I, I'll just say now, when you say, can you do this person, yeah. I'm going to say no. <laughs> <laughs> who, are you, who are you most, uh, um, most confident with of, no, of no, the whole thing? What about The Rock again? Samuel <laughs> just keep doing The Rock. Samuel, Samuel, L. Samuel L. Um, or, or Michael Keaton, I mean, if you really want this. <laughs> I'll, I'll do Samuel L and try and make it... Mm, not uh, racist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I just thought that then. Yeah. Maybe. The two mismatched New York City detectives <laughs> seize an opportunity to step up to the city's top cops, whom they idolize. Only things don't quite go as planned. Right. As, as the judge, I don't want to. I want to discuss whether that was racist or that not. That was not. That was in no way racist at all. That, that was, was quite that a good time. Was, was he respectful? In, uh, was he, he got the inflections right? The inflections yeah. in the speech. Was he in 51st State? He was. Yes, he was. He was. He was. That was Samuel L. After he'd spent quite a lot of time in Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so without further hesitation, Alex, would you like to kick off proceedings? I would. I think I'm going to go straight to the person who picked this film. So, Joel, why should I put this film on the hit list? It's just a great film. All right, cool. Um, <laughs> no, I've always had a soft spot for this film. Uh, Will Ferrell is one of those guys who... He's kind of hit and miss in a lot of films. You know, sometimes he's good, sometimes he's not so good. I always feel like for him to work, he has to have a great partner um, to kind of bounce his comedy off, as he kind of did with Step Brothers and most of his successful films. He's always had a good partner. And you might not think in Mark Wahlberg that it would work, but it really does, and... You know, due to that, they made uh, some other films together after this one. But the plot is kind of, uh, it, it was a take on the uh, the financial crash around that time. Um, and it, there's just a whole lot of parodies going on as well. For example, there is a character, uh, Hanson and Highsmith, which is Samuel L. Jackson and The Rock. And they are kind of a parody on basically all action cops up until uh, this film was released. Um, and there's some really great scenes. They are basically two kind of uh, like high-hitting cops who are like the city's favourites, uh, but they kind of meet their end when they're on top of like a you know five or six-storey building and they both look at each other and just say, aim for the bushes. Uh, they, they, ju- they jump off and obviously they do not go anywhere near the bushes <laughs> and just splat into the floor. And it, like as soon as that scene happens, you know, within the first kind of five, ten minutes, it just sets the sets the film up perfectly and, and it moves on from there and uh, Mark Wahlberg gets introduced to to Will Ferrell and they're just kind of the perfect foil for each other like Mark Wahlberg is more kind of uh, hands-on like hot-headed like like I've said and Will Ferrell is more kind of like your desk uh, your desk cop and yeah kind of kind of goes on from there they get involved in a kind of financial fraud uh, type of plot and there's a whole lot of investigating a whole lot of hilarious shenanigans and to be fair you know for a very light-hearted film you never really see a lot of it coming and the comedy is really really fresh as well like a, a lot of it is not your kind of typical comedy comedy tropes and yeah i i think it's just a very enjoyable watch all right gav yeah i, I would agree with that i think that like this is will Ferrell working with adam mckay you know they've got the production company and uh, uh, gary sanchez together you guys advice he is. So yeah. he started off doing comedy films. You know, he did, um, you know, Legend of Ron Burgundy, Talisaga Nights, working with Will Ferrell. This is his first sort of like foray into more serious film. I know that sounds a bit odd because it's an action comedy, but it's his first step away from just purely comedy. The action in it, you know, is very well done. But also the message behind it, he's talking about, you know, the Wall Street crash. He's, he's talking about the big sort of like financial crash of 2010. And he's talking about Ponzi schemes. There's like a real serious message in the background and how it's told. It's very good. You can see sort of the similarities between this and The Big Short, which would be like one of his well, one of his next films. You can see the message. It's sort of like laying the groundwork. I think it's very well done. Right. I, I, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm a little confused at this point, like what this film you know, action comedy is always good, but there's always that sort of question about, you know, where's it? Where's the film's heart at action or comedy? And you throw in the financial crisis. This sounds interesting, but prosecution, what have you got to say about it? 
This, this did not lay the groundwork for the big shot <laughs> in any way. <laughs> it did. It that is a bit of a push, Absolutely. to be honest with you. No. He says this, this is Adam McKay's first foray into action slash comedy. It's not. This is just comedy. This is just a comedy film. There's not... The action is unremarkable in it. You know, it's not bad. It's just very safe. It's very straight down the line. It's just action, but it's a comedy film. That's why he's working with uh, his old mate, Will Ferrell. Adam McKay also plays uh, Dirty Mike, if I'm not mistaken. Who <laughs> 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 <As> does? <laughs> Adam, Adam McKay <laughs> plays Dirty Mike. That's, uh, that's his cameo in it. Right. I see the rage. No. <laughs> right. Do, it do, is. Do, do, do keep reminding me of that old <laughs> yeah, Dirty Mike. Dirty Mike. Remember, you, you and Adam McKay have pep, something in common. Pepper that through <laughs> the argument, Dave. It'll work. No, it's um, we're talking about the casting. Joel mentioned how this works, you know, having uh, Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg cannon off each other. Now, the plot is kind of in the background of their, their the comedy between these two. What Steve Coogan is the main bad guy. You don't really see very much of him, though. Steve Coogan's just kind of there. It just is more of a, a, a small plot point more than anything else. The villains aren't particularly important to the actual overall film. There's so much time is spent on Will Ferrell and Wahlberg and setting up joke after joke after joke. The actual police case is just, it's just background noise, really. It's not really happening. All you've got is Steve Coogan, who's not in the film as much as you might think, and Ray Stevenson, who's playing kind of the, uh, the hard man behind the, the the mercenary behind the uh, the threat and Ray Stevenson I do rate as an actor but in this it just did not work I don't know if he's trying to do an Australian accent the man is British he may as well just stuck with a British accent uh, it doesn't really work what they were trying to do with his character and with regards to Wahlberg and Ferrell I've got to say well if you're a fan of Will Ferrell you might quite like this film because it's Will Ferrell doing what we know he's always done in every other Adam McKay film that they, the two have collaborated on. It's just Will Ferrell, it, very similar to Elf, uh, to Ricky Bobby from Talladega Nights, from, to Anchorman. It's just, it's Will Ferrell again doing Will Ferrell's thing. And Mark Wahlberg, although he is an adept comedy actor, we saw that in Ted and in other films since, I think Mark Wahlberg was miscast. I don't think you got the impression that, you know, the two of them are meant to be kind of like losers of the department. They're meant to be the jokes of the department. And Mark Wahlberg just doesn't seem, he's, he's too much of a jock in his image, the way he holds himself, the way he speaks. The character he's playing is just another angry Mark Wahlberg character. It doesn't fit the kind of idea of a man who'd be out in the outskirts. It looks like more of a guy who would make a joke out of shooting Derek Jeter. You know, he's, he's more, yeah, it doesn't really work having him on the outskirts as a loner and siding with Will Ferrell. I think it was just a miscast. More than it is Mark Wahlberg's performance, it was just poor casting. Yeah. Okay, okay so, D- Joel, they've just pissed all over your arguments. Um, uh, you know, instead... <laughs> I, I want to hear from Austin. I wanna... yeah, so, Austin uh, looks like a fucking beetroot right now. Austin, <laughs> Austin's got shit to say. So, uh, I'll bring Austin okay, in. I, I just can, I can, I can see Joel's champion. I, I just want to counter some of Dave's, Dave's points very quickly. So the action, I completely disagree. I think there's, there's even a film, sorry, a film, a, a sequence within like the first five minutes again with The Rock and Samuel L. Jackson, a car chase, and they jump, like, I think, through a bus. Yeah. Honestly, it's it's it, if it was in The Fast and Furious, it wouldn't be out of place. That's how good, like, the action is. And especially it ends up in, exploding Trump Plaza uh, as well, which uh, is a bonus. Exactly. <laughs> which is funny. Which uh, is, uh, was a good and, and that's kind of, uh, you know, like I say, they're, they're really kind of high-hitting cops, but they cause massive amounts of damage, which is something kind of you see in other... Uh, kind of comedy films like bad boys and, and that type of thing where they cause a lot of amount of damage but also on that uh, on the uh, on the point mark uh sorry dave about mark Wahlberg being too jockey uh, that's that's kind of the point he's kind of like this um uh kind of a hard-hitting policeman but he really wants to do well and that's kind of why people take the piss out of him whereas um the other character uh, Will Fell's character, he is the opposite and opposite to Trapton, and that's why they kind of work <laughs> together. All right, Ozzy, I just want to know where are you? Where are you with this action comedy comment on the financial crisis? Where so, does this film land? Action comedy, fine, totally. The comment on the financial crisis, right? I don't think you'd notice unless you sit through the end credits. The, that's the only time it becomes apparent what it's trying to, what sort of message it was trying to put across. Agreed. You, you could watch that and i think i reckon 95 percent of, of the audience that went to see this will not have seen the last set of graphs that's all it is it's a whole host of the same way with um i think it happened in vice i'm sure it happened in the big show as well where at the end there's a load of graphs come on the screen and tell you all of these facts and figures that that you, you know that are baffling and some of them are absolutely shocking completely and you think oh shit wow that's really bad news that about you know um the ratio of ceo pay to but that's literally in the end credits. The rest of the movie's got, like, essentially, it's yes, it's a hard-hitting message. It is lost within what's basically a poor, 
rip off of Anchorman jokes mm-hmm. uh, throughout. You know, it's just it's just Will Ferrell that is like that is boringest. Like right. not even a real word. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> uh, Gav. Uh, just to say that's complete bollocks, but I will. Um, <laughs> I'm enjoying these little first sentences to our arguments. <laughs> uh, just, just to counter what Dave was saying, like Mark Wahlberg's character is, you know, that's what he is. He is a jock, but the thing is, is that like he's overcompensating. He's like this fake machoism bullshit sort of thing, and he would be a much better police officer, but he accidentally shot Derek Jeter, you know, a very famous sports star, and he um, and essentially lost like. The, the the city the championship he lost a lot of friends and you know a lot of people lost a lot of money so he's been relegated to this desk at work but if he wouldn't have done that he would have been like in in the same league as the rock and samuel L. jackson and just to give a little bit of context ozzy and and um, and dave i could call you mark then ozzy mark i've started it we, we were saying that you know there's no context about you know like the, the financial crash but there is so the, the re- we're introduced right at the very beginning steve coogan's character and he's like a financier and he's working with uh a big CEO from this uh, sort of uh, company that does everything. It has their thing, uh, fingers in many different pies and it's like this multi-billion uh, dollar company and he says to the CEO, oh, I'm sorry, I've lost 34 or 35 billion or whatever of your money and she's like, well, you better get it back. So the entire film is him trying to rip off people and trying to get 35 billion back that he can pay back his, uh, you know, like the, the, this big company and that is when there is a bank robbery and um, that's when and, you know, The Rock and Samuel L. Jackson's characters are called to the scene. And throughout the film, you know, like, the, the, there is action, there is comedy. But it is also done in a, quite a funny way in that, like, you have this big all-action scene right at the very beginning. You have these, like, sort of 90s action cops that we're used to in Samuel L. Jackson and The Rock. And then when, when they die, we're left with these two sort of desk jockeys, you know, like, and, you know, one of them's a, an accountant who is, like, really sort of sensitive and he is trying to chase up uh, Steve Coogan's character because he hasn't paid for scaffolding. He's done seven jobs, um, seven renovation jobs in the city, and he hasn't paid for any scaffolding. Scaffold so that, license, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so he didn't, like he didn't really, pay for a scaffold license. I, 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 and on its own, it, as a premise, you think, oh, yeah, that's kind of funny. The, the reason that this huge heist, this huge 32 billion, or uh, is it billion? I think it is as high as that. Billion, yeah. um, is found out or you know they even get onto the scent is because they they left something as as you know trivial as not not applying for a scaffold license but the 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 gist of that and and the idea that it's these two desk jockeys as well you know the actual ideas i think are quite funny and have got a lot of uh a lot of ambition a lot of um what's the word uh it could you know something it's got potential but you just there's some of the jokes are like don't get me wrong I laughed at sometimes throughout this film that you know there are funny bits I think you know Anchorman is a funny film but these are the same jokes as in Anchorman at one point you find out there's backstories that used to be a pimp in college and then they they play on that for a while Will Will Ferrell and then you get to the point and then there's a whole the Anchorman scene where he goes on a date and he's playing the flute he goes up to a bar with Mark Wahlberg and then he stops to go and have a sing song with some guys, you know, some really depressing. It's the same joke as the, as the jazz flute, but it's, instead it's he's doing a really. fight Okay, mm-hmm. uh, hang it's on. the same joke. Okay, mm-hmm. so I want to talk, I'm, I'm glad Ozzy brought it up. I want to talk about, is this film funny? And I want some examples about when either it was funny or it just wasn't and it fell flat. So I'm going to go with uh, Joel. Like when, when, are there some memorable standout, oh man, do you remember that bit in that film? I mean, there's so many options to quote from this film starts off with the desk pop which um mark Wilbur convinces will fell's character that every kind of new policeman uh has to fire his gun inside the office as kind of like a, a, a you know a initiation ceremony almost and obviously he finally convinces him he fires the gun and, and everyone you know hits the floor basically and it's like what the fuck are you doing um there's also a running TLC reference uh, through it where Michael Keaton basically yeah. quotes a, a TLC song so you know he, he says to them like don't go chasing waterfalls and then like the next time he sees them he's like because I don't want no scrubs and yeah. it kind of kind of goes on from there and they're just like you know seriously why are you quoting TLC and he, he doesn't know what, what's going on uh, then there's another good conversation between them where again this is kind of all within like the first 10-15 minutes uh, where Mark Wahlberg and, and Will Ferrell are talking about, uh, he, Mark Wahlberg com- compares himself to a lion and says that he would uh, go and eat 
uh, Will Ferrell, who he compares to a tuna, and then he'd eat all his tuna family. And then Will Ferrell basically, you know, says, well, uh, I'm a tuna and I, I'd get a taste for lion. And then all my tuna friends would come and devour the lion who's fo- really far away from the land and its natural habitat and stuff. And, you know, there's just a few examples within the first kind of 10, 15 minutes, which is actually laugh out loud funny. Um, and the film, you know, it, it does go on from there. There's There's plenty of other great comedy moments scattered throughout. All right. The thing with that, that, that pretty funny. The thing with that tuna and lion comment is yes, it is funny, but it's just Will Ferrell. It's just the Anchorman delivery as well. It's exactly the same. Yeah, but if you it's like Will Ferrell, yeah. and it's yeah, one but, joke that is stretched out for a lot of dialogue. Yeah. Do you, do you think that was scripted, or do you think that's improv between the two actors? It's probably improv. Probably improv. I'd have mm-hmm. thought. Yeah. It's. I don't think it's written. Okay. It's, it's. It's Will Ferrell all over. It, yeah. it's, all right. So. That's why- Go on, Dave. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, it's, that's why it's not laugh out loud funny. It's not hilariously funny. It's amusing. Sure, that the bits that Joel has quoted, yeah, they're quite amusing, but it's like, you know, Michael Keaton's gimmick is, you know, he quotes TLC without realising he's, he's quoting TLC. Yeah, and it raises a smile. It's it's amusing, but it's not, like, you're not going to find yourself laughing out loud every time he quotes a TLC song, are you? Okay. Uh, talking about performances then, and especially like, oh, sorry, Gav. <laughs> you no, so I've got upset. I've got loads of, loads but then again, of dirty mics. You did call me dirty mics. On that, you know, there are like these little tiny recurring gags throughout the entire film. That thing about dirty Mike and the boys. <laughs> so uh, uh, yeah, let's delve into yeah. That's a good idea, Gav. Yeah. Really delve yve. into it. Tell him what he reminds you of. What does he do? What does he do, Gav? So Will Bell's character, Alan Gamble, has got this Prius. Oh, and there's, there's this re- recurring joke that, you know, like his police car is a Prius. And, you know, like, and there's always the, the, yeah, these yeah. gags about, you know, it not being a very macho car. And at one point it gets uh, stolen and then they find it. And then they're talking about, well, we can get the fingerprints from the people who stole the car. And they try and get the fingerprints, but there's, there's been like a hobo sex party in the, oh, in the car. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <Initiated> <laughs> by Dirty Mike. But Dirty Mike keeps on popping up throughout. And every time the Prius, the Prius, starts off pristine at the beginning and then it ends up completely battered by the end a day might keeps on popping back up but there's one point where you know uh, will Ferrell and uh, i am marky mark are having a drink and they just sat by a dock and the cars in the background and then uh, some homeless gentlemen appear and they're like hey do you want to join us for it uh, we're gonna have sex in this guy's car and he's like that's my car you dirty mike and he's like uh, okay yeah but there's like there's other ones there's a joke about gamble's wife being really unattractive even though she's played by eva mendez uh, there's uh, one about gamble not being allowed to use a real gun he's got after he does the desk pop he's got to carry this wooden pistol around with him the entire time and he keeps on losing it and um, what austin said before as well about that scene in the bar you know it's really good just in the background you know um gamble and hoyts are talking about the case and in the background there's loads of sort of like old bar guys and they're just like kind of singing old sort of tea shanties and uh, intermittently they keep on tapping will feller on the shoulder and he turns around and then he sings with them like spontaneously and the songs are just like depressing as shit the first song is just like you know but it's like perfect barbershop as well he's talking about um, having a girlfriend and then he goes to war and then when he comes back he finds out that his girlfriend had consensual sex with five British soldiers (laughs) (laughs) and then he turns back to the bar and just starts drinking in the first you know Mark Wahlberg doesn't even bat an eyelid but as it keeps on going on they get more more strange and more sort of like uh, just random and he's like what the fuck is what is it about these songs why they're so depressing you know like there's just so many funny scenes throughout this film and just you know there's a lot of good action but the comedy is on point Ozzy yeah there are funny scenes throughout one thing which Gav touched upon there was about the macho-ness Mm. And, and I'm glad I brought it up because actually it, the, at first you think, okay, it's cool because it's, um, it's parodying, you know, a, a cop movie. It's parodying this all American hero type style. But it, in actual fact, what I think it does is it just perpetuates the, the macho-ness, the, the, uh, the misogyny essentially. And I think it, it was trying to be funny. It was trying to poke fun of that. And it's also trying to set itself in a, in a timeline, but it's, um, at, at times it's really bad. There is, it's, like it's just it's constant like oh you're a pussy you're a woman you know your car's a it's a girl's car it's everything bad is female essentially in this you know and and he's a pimp and he's talking about like uh, throughout and and it's not it's not um it's not constant it's not solely rammed down your throat but there are there is a lot of it and it's trying to get across the boys club of the police i think but is there a counterpoint to that are they sort of brought up on it 
anyone yes gap? yeah yeah mm. i mean like there, there is at this the beginning where it's the rock and Samuel L. jackson they're these ultra macho figures and then when they die the whole film is about who's going to fill their place there's two sort of like really ultra macho jockey uh, police officers played by rob riggle and damon waynes jr and they try and step up and like literally try and fill the gap and they're sort of ultra macho they're the ones with the woman jokes they're the ones that you know like are really in your face and angry and aggressive and the, but they aren't the ones that succeed they aren't the ones that crack the case at the end of the day it's Will Ferrell and Marky Mark and right at the beginning as, as we were saying before Marky Mark is like this really macho angry guy but as the film goes on because Will Ferrell's character is really placid really calm really sort of like sensitive as the film goes on they kind of as Joel said they learn from each other you know and by the end of it he's taught Marky Mark to become you know be more gentle and you don't have to be so aggressive and you don't have to be so macho and you know like you can be a successful police detective and drive a Prius and solve a case. But isn't Will Ferrell the pimp? No, so mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a joke later on where um, Will Ferrell's talking about like why he's so calm, why he's so sensitive and it's because, you know, he says that he like kind of gets away with things sometimes and when he was at university um, they were doing a charity oh, fundraiser didn't. where one of his friends was uh, going on a lot of dates so she was like, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to charge when I go on the dates and the money that I raise I'm going to give to this charity fundraiser but uh, you know, I don't want the date to get out of hand so will you do us a favour and just, you know, keep a watch on me and check that it goes okay and he said we were making so much money and we were doing so much for charity that it just sn- started to snowball and before so I know it's not it, you know. an actual pimp I, no, miss the, no. I miss the charity I miss the charity bit as well yeah. I think he actually is a pimp yeah she's doing it for a little cash yeah, yeah, no no it starts yeah, off at the beginning that's a charity yeah, that, fundraiser that's how he starts off and the joke is that he kind of turns into a pimp yeah, yeah, but it, it, it's done with like tongue in cheek it's not like you know we seriously it, it, it is tongue in cheek but yeah he's there as a pimp you know with the, the grill and the flip switchblade knife and what have you okay. it's just a, a stereotypical pimp he's got like you know a big white fluffy coat on like a, it's like okay. it's like the Godfather from uh, WWE. The Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like Marlon Brando <laughs> from WWE. <laughs> but you know, like, but on that, on that point though, there's there's literally only one female character who isn't so objectified, and she's the the owner of the big corporation, who's the the baddies. Mm. Um, I mean, that, else, that like, is kind of the joke, though. Like Will Ferrell, object uh, like Mark Wahlberg's, like Will Ferrell's wife is obviously. Um, Eva Mendes, who, who's an extremely attractive actress. And, um, you know, Will Ferrell basically treats her like shit. He's like saying, you know, I'll shut up. You need to, like, go and, uh, you know, dress on, yeah, you put know, a dress like, on, yeah. scrub up a bit better. And Mark Wahlberg's just, like, flabbergasted. He's like, you know, holy shit, she's she's absolutely gorgeous. And he's, like, trying to, you know, he's, like, really nice to her, whereas everyone else he talks to like shit. He's like, oh, you know, just just very, very nice to her. And it, it's a running joke, so I would say that it, it knows that it's doing that and it's done on purpose. Okay, but where does the joke end? Where's the end doesn't of the it? race? Exactly. The running running when you hear the term running joke, there are a lot of running jokes. It's still just one joke yeah, that yeah. is stretched out over the film. That's yeah. what a running joke is. No, no, it's, you know, it, no, those jokes like make little fleeting appearances. So him talking about his wife, his, his wife's appearance, that's not like a constant thing. It's just like bits I mean, every now and again. Two different. He does it to his ex-girlfriend as well. He, he does it several times throughout like, yeah, the, the, the thing no, is is like, like once again it's like Mark Wahlberg's this like all action you know buff you know, police officer and he doesn't get any attention from any female characters at all whereas Will Ferrell is you know this calm gawky sort of geeky character and all the women they're throwing themselves at it so that's the joke sort of like yeah you don't have to be ultra macho to you know like win the girl and to solve the case and to you know you, you can be you know Will Ferrell and the the end, as you said before, is right at the very end. He's having a heart to heart with his wife. They have a big fight at one point and then they get back together at the very end. And he says, the reason that maybe I treat you like shit is because I'm afraid because, you know, you're so much better than me. You know, you're amazing. You're gorgeous. Okay, I don't want to so lose you. Just come well, a little bit yeah. round. Knock her confidence so she can't leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but like, once again, there's a fucking hilarious joke where, you know, like he's trying to communicate with his wife, but his wife is being, uh, um, she's under surveillance from the bad guys and from the police. So he's like, how can I get a message across? so he, he rings her and she's like oh I've got an idea so she sends her elderly mother out to talk to him he's hiding in a bush and she's passing on a message and it starts off you know she goes back and forth passing messages between the two and it starts off really like like oh Alan really loves you and Alan really misses you and then it starts getting more graphic <laughs> like, it's like it's, so the comments that she says yeah. and you can see that they're getting more and more graphic and more insane and the mother is getting distressed by all and she's like please stop making me do this this is very uncomfortable Okay, uh, I think I'm nearly there. I think the last thing I want to ask about is, you know, it's been touched on a little bit. 
We've talked about the financial crisis. We've talked about different things. I, what I want to know is more about the action. So Joel mentioned that there were some amazing set pieces in this. Like, you know, what, 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 are, are there, does it build at the end? Is there in a, like a really climactic set pieces? Like, does it work? Uh, at times i'm gonna i'm gonna i mean i'm gonna let me go first and then you can shoot yeah, it out because yeah, yeah. i actually thought some of the car like the car chase the the big one when they're trying to they've got like they've got to be at the bank before nine o'clock to uh to stop the transaction i thought that car chase was quite funny um it's quite because they're doing a car chase in the prius so you know and everybody sees that you know it's like the uber car in it but before then it was like I don't think Uber didn't even exist at the time, but that's the only time I'd ever been in an Uber. That was just seen as like an eco-friendly, you know, it's an old man's car essentially. But in this, it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, it's it's a Puff's car. It's a um, direct quote. It's a, it's a woman's car. Wow. It's it's really bad in terms of anything bad is is either gay or or feminine, but. The car chase and the driving is great because he that, he says, "Oh, it's the first time I ever put foot down in it." Um, and I think that I think the car chase is good, and he's getting chased by the helicopter, he's getting shot to pieces. That's quite funny. Have they, exactly. have, they, have they spent the money on the action? Uh, I think uh, they spent uh, enough money on the action. Like, I mean, the I film is just much. action <laughs> and, and <laughs> comedy. Yeah, so yeah. if you spend the money on the action and the comedy is good. You've got a fucking good film. Do you know what I mean? So uh, they did obviously spend a lot of money. Like I said, it, some of those action sequences, if they were in the Fast and the Furious, they wouldn't be out of place. You know, it's that type of action. Uh, and especially when you add like The Rock, Samuel L. Jackson, yeah. Mark Wahlberg, all, all action, you know, great at action. Uh, what what else do you need? But the, 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 the joke, so after the first big action set piece, Samuel L. Jackson and The Rock just essentially explode a lot of New York. They kind of, they, they, they drive their car through a bus, then they drive it into Trump Plaza. There's a massive explosion. There's like, you know, machine guns firing here and there and everywhere. They finally arrest the guys and there's a big police conference right at the very end and they're all stood outside the, 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 the police precinct and one of the reporters says, um, so it turns out that the, uh, the, the felon only had a quarter bag of marijuana on him. Do you think that justifies like $12 million worth of property damage? And he's like, oh yeah, well I'm going to say that I was doing my job protecting the greatest city in the world, New York, and then all the crowd go mad. And then the hot dog vendors like free hot dogs for life, you know. And uh, and you know it's just very funny. It's one of those things where the action is just absolutely insane, and they they make they make a, a joke of it. You know, like oh, it is funny that in these action films there's all this damage and there's never any consequences really. Dave, do you think is the action good? Uh, the action's part is, it's all right. Yeah, it's fine. You can tell they spent a bit of money on it. Uh, the fights have been relatively well choreographed. But like I say, the action and the police case plot are all kind of sidelined in favor of comedy. That is the key thing here. It's not really an action film. The action is a small point of a comedy film. And yeah, they spent a lot of money on it. But everyone keeps talking about Samuel Jackson and The Rock. And they're only in it for five minutes <laughs> yeah. at the start. What yeah, five minutes? Funny. Yeah, but then they, they killed off. You know, I mean, the amount of money they must have spent on getting those two. Actually, The Rock wouldn't have been as big back then, would he? In, in 2010, yeah, 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 he, he was on his way. He was, well yeah, on his way. Yeah. He was yeah. clearly an action star at yeah. that time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But this yeah. film made him big. We wouldn't have had <laughs> the rock without this film. I, I think you'll find the Scorpion King made the rock without this film. There'd be no Jumanji. <laughs> exactly. Now the action sequences are fine. I, I won't criticize them. You know they're well choreographed. They clearly spent the budget that they had well. But it's it, the action is not important, and they would look a bit out of place in Fast and the Furious. I don't think they're uh, they're quite to that level of extremism or, or to that level of of f- finesse. Finesse. I'm going to use instead of balls deep. <laughs> Can I say that it's not just about the the action itself? But you know, we're speaking about Adam McKay, who would go on to direct you know two Oscar nominated films in mm. The Big Short and Vice. We can see that he is sort of like tailoring his craft a little bit here. I know that like the, the they made the joke before when I was talking about The Big Short and its links to this film. But some of his camera work, some of his the, like the cinematography in it, it's, it's very well good. I'd say that this uh, some of the stunt work that is in it is very good. There's a scene earlier, like, and it's just like a throwaway scene where uh, Hoyts is um, fighting off assailants on bikes, and there's a like, great stunt from this uh, guy on a bike, and he just basically smashes a bike into a stationary car and then goes flying over it. And when you think about like the work that goes into that, st- you know, some of these stunts very very throw away but you know that is like somebody's profession they've done a good job there and to make it so 
unbelievable. It's really good. But like talking about some of the direction, the, uh, after Gamble has a fight with his wife, he goes to a bar with Hoyts and they both have a drink essentially. And they, they do, they just kind of get more and more drunk. And the scene is incredibly well shot. The camera pans around the bar showing the two of them in a variety of more drunken and dangerous situations. And it's using, I believe anyway, like CGI, uh, rotoscoping, which is uh, the thing that was used in the scanner darkly. And the actors just standing like statues and like incredibly still. And it, it basically shows like a montage of like right, scenes of them getting more and more drunk. And like that, I've, I've never seen that in a film before. I mean, maybe it has been used in a film, but I thought that was so original and so unique for just a, a throwaway scene essentially. And it was very, very good. There's also a scene later on where they um, sabotage or the most sabotage, they, uh, they kind of, Best through the door of Ershon's office as he's trying to do his final deal with all these different companies and they place him under arrest and all the, all the minders or, you know, the mercenaries, as Dave said before, Ray Stevenson and co, they start shooting and like it, everything is just, you know, it's just chaos, but it's filmed like a traditional John Woo action film with like proper slow motion scenes, like papers flying through the air as bullets are going through them. You know, that once again, like it's another like sort of well it, with regards to the action scenes it's more of a throwaway one than some of the big set pieces but the way it's filmed incredibly well done once again i think like some of the action and some of the choreography in this is absolutely brilliant okay i think personally i'm getting ready to to judge has yeah. anyone got anything to add to to, to what they've just said so far one tiny thing and that it's just got an absolutely stellar cast as well we haven't really touched on it not going to go too much into detail because it just speaks for itself. If you look at the um, list of actors and actresses, in well, the, can, we even, can we do it this way? I'm going to let Joel speak, but after every actor he says, I'm going to tell you. I'm not going well, to use the one word. Yeah, after one word after each. Well, yeah. uh, I foiled your plan already, Ozzy, because I'm not going to give everyone. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, that's all I'm going to say that that the list is is long and a great a great but untold list. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the answer. <laughs> and uh, yeah, there's a bunch of cameos as well. Um, oh, nice a, a bunch cameos. Of, well, they're, they're all kind of Saturday Night Live people that obviously work with Will Ferrell. There's a few mm-hmm. sports stars. Uh, Ice T's in there as well. I know Oof. you love Ice T. Who doesn't? Uh, <laughs> uh, and yeah, that's all I want to say. Yeah, that's an absolutely fantastic cast. And Michael Keaton as well. Up until that point, we hadn't seen a great deal of Michael Keaton, but this is like the sort of beginning of his resurgence when it comes to Hollywood films. And he was sort of like dipping his toe back in, I reckon, at this point. And it's more sort of comedy before he moved on to the more serious roles. But like, you know, it doesn't skip a beat. He's absolutely hilarious in it. You know, he's supposed to play like the straight-laced, you know, like really angry, gruff sort of police captain. And he's just absolutely superb in it. And like this, this one, I'm sorry, I keep on going on about funny scenes in it, but there's a scene where his character is essentially to make ends meet. He's also working as a manager at Bed Bath & Beyond. And there's this really funny scene where like later on, um, cuts again. it cuts to uh, Bed Bath & Beyond and he's given like a motivational speech to his, his staff. And he's talking about, you know, like the sales that they've met this week. And he's like, oh, and on to another thing. There's a serial rapist in uh, Boulevard <laughs> Heights. And he's like, oh, sorry, no, that's my other job. Ignore that. And he's like, oh, actually, well, you shouldn't probably ignore that, especially if you live there. <laughs> but, you know, it's just very, very funny. He does a superb job. And, you know, as Joel said, there's just so many great character actors in this. Okay, prosecution, I'm going to need to give you some time to mm. slate the cast. Uh, Dave? Uh, I think it's um, kind of a mixture between miscast and underused. Michael Keaton is good in the time that they give him, but he's not in it enough. I would have liked to see more from Michael Keaton. He is the police captain, after all, of this whole precinct. <laughs> How many films do you see, like, a, a substantial amount of time dedicated to the police captain? I'm going to I'm gonna I, let the prosecution speak, and you know, I'd, I'd, I'd like, ask the defence to calm down. I would have liked to see more from uh, Dirty Mike as well. <laughs> well, well played. No, I, stand by, I stand by what I said, Mark. Mark Wahlberg I do think was miscast in this Will Ferrell is just doing his thing it's an Adam McKay film it's an Adam McKay comedy it's Will Ferrell being Will Ferrell it's nothing you haven't seen before in that respect it was probably good casting to get Will Ferrell in and I certainly can't say he's not in it enough he's in practically every blooming scene um, Ava Mendez does a fine job with a small role that she is given like I say the bad guys aren't really big plot points Steve Coogan not in it that much um, and Steve Coogan's actually a bit flat in this if I'm honest with you Ray Stevenson I rate as an actor but in this he's really not given any dialogue you know even that line he's sort of talking about oh yeah there's three things in this world I love Kylie Minogue and he reels off a couple of and it's just not funny it's just like I don't think comedy is Ray Stevenson's thing um, and yeah it's, it's the cast all in all it, yeah like I say I'm, I'm going to stand by my original comment of a mixture of miscast and underused 
So uh, the, the three words I was going to pepper within the uh, the list of things would have been miscast, underused, and overused. So hang on. So right, let's, mm. so let's overused just, would have been so, Will Ferrell. So just give me one example. Miscast, who's miscast? Yeah, I'll give that. Uh, well, 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 I don't know well, anyone's name. Well, well, who's overused? Will Ferrell's overused. And who's underused? Can I just say that this is a right? And Rock Samuel Jackson are underused as well. Steve Coogan. You know what? He just. Yeah, he just didn't do the job. I thought it'd be funny. I think Steve Coogan's hilarious. Okay, and he was okay. No, just, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. No, it, right. The thing is, right? Like, first of all, The Rock and Samuel L. Jackson are like the sort of like the Janet Lee and Psycho. We know who they are. Yeah, no, exactly. You know, like they, they're but they're the sort of the Janet Lee and Psycho. You know what I mean? This film, oh, it's got these two great action. Oh no, they're dead. That's it. That's funny. The, the way and they're killed off is very funny. Talking about Steve Coogan, like he's supposed to be the bad guy. He's this Weasley bad guy at that. He's not going to be fucking doing Alan Partridge impressions. And you're saying about. Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg. It's a buddy cop movie with those two as the buddy cops. You know, you can't say that they're fucking overused. No, it's their job, film. My yeah. job here is done. Yeah. I just wanted to throw them okay. up. Okay. My entire job I am ready. Is, I, I am ready. I have enough info. Thank Do you remember you what he much. called you earlier? I can't believe how, like, how much conflict the other guys... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we literally will fight with each other over nothing. Do you know what I mean? Like, over nothing. That's yeah, a sign is, of a good friendship. It is, isn't it? It is. <laughs> right, I'd ask if anyone had a quiz while I deliberate, but it's me. So, uh, are you ready for my Dirty quiz? Mike's dirty quiz. <laughs> what, <did> I, what? <laughs> I, I actually had a name as well, you son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, no, is, is, your, is your quiz name as good as that? No, it's not. No, it's no, no we're going to get nowhere near his name. <laughs> nowhere near. Uh, right, um... This is about car chases. Right. No, my quiz name is going to be called The Other Quiz. All right. Just because I literally wrote this for speed. (laughs) Not for this one. But there's a car chase in it. So here we go. Right. uh, Number one. What car does Steve McQueen drive in the famous San Francisco scene in Bullet? Pretty iconic. Mustang? I was going to say Mustang. Anyone else want to? No, yeah, I'm going to give you that. It's a '68 Ford Mustang, but I'm going to give you. Oh. I'm going to give you that. I'm going to San Francisco. Is that the, same, is that the same Mustang from um, from Gone in 60 Seconds? <laughs> Funny you should say that because my next question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also, uh, you can buzz in with car horns. Uh, okay. well. <laughs> exactly. Uh, what song gets them in the mood for carjacking in the underrated Aussie? Oh. By Aussie. Uh, classic, gone in 60 seconds. I just know it from the mom I have. One, the, the first, I can't remember what the trilogy called. The first words in the song <laughs> are... Is that, yeah. uh, Lowrider? Yes. yes. Lowrider yeah. by War. Was that even in the Marmite song? I've got no idea what the fuck you're on about. Isn't <laughs> <laughs> Cheech and Chong? Before we go off on a chan- tangent about Marmite, which I can see happening for a long time, I'm going to bring it back. The original Gone in 60 Seconds, which I didn't even know, uh, was made in 1974 and features the longest car chase scene in movie history. To the nearest minute, how long is it? <laughs> 24. Yeah, right. Everyone gets a choice. So everyone gets a go. Uh, well, you do have to buzz in with a car horn. Nine minutes. Um, five minutes. <laughs> seven minutes and fifty. Oh, seven minutes. You get a bonus point for that. Okay, thanks. No, Gav gets it. It was actually forty minutes long. Wow. Forty, 40 yeah. minutes of Literally a car chase. Film. That's why no one really knows that film apart from the fact it's got. Well, to be fair, I mean, Mad Max is just. A car chase. Yeah, speed as well. Yeah. It's literally yeah, it's two yeah, hours of car oh, chase. Too late for that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, what incredible stunt is pulled off by James Bond in Man with the Golden Gun? A car stunt. Uh, oh, um, it, his wig. He's wearing a wig the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Roger Moore. You dick. He uh, flips a car 360 on a ramp and lands it on the other side of a river. He does a corkscrew jump. Yeah. He literally corkscrew jumps it. As a bonus point, which incredible sound effect totally ruins this It's stunt. a swan whistle. It's, it is. It is. It actually goes... <laughs> <laughs> it, like, Google it. It's fucking atrocious. Uh, in 1977, Smokey and the Bandit became famous for a jump off an unfinished bridge. What were Hal Needham's two roles in the making of this movie? He was director. Yes. And, uh, I don't know, writer? Uh, oh, no, stunt choreographer. He, he made sandwiches. Uh, <laughs> uh, maybe. <laughs> no, uh, he was director, so we gave him one point to Gav. The other uh, role. Um, Stuntman? 
Yes. Yes. Oh, he actually did the stunts himself, and the car was actually fitted with a rocket booster. So oh, fair play to the best way. Uh, in uh, Blues Brothers, how many cars did John Landis go through when he shot the famous chase? Uh, I know that Dave knows this. I'm going to honk and get Dave to answer it. Huh? <laughs> I actually don't know. I'm going to say 130. Hundred and thirteen. Thirteen. Ninety. Uh, 150. Matt, um, 20. Um, Ozzy and Gav share a point oh, because you're 10 away both. Oh. It was, no, you're not. No, sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 Ozzy gets a point. Sorry. I, was, I had to do a bit I said 113. He's Christ, I'm a teacher. Um, 103. 103. Oh, wow. But they actually wrecked 104 for Blues 2 Brothers 2000 just because. Just to, <laughs> just because just to go one better. They have a record for the most. Oh my uh, God. Most. And, right, arguably the greatest chase sequence in any movie is in The French Connection, as it revolutionised how they were shot. But who is Gene Hackman's target, and why is he chasing him in that film? Uh, Have you watched that film? I'm just wondering. I have not seen this film, I'm going to say, in about 22 years. Okay. Um, I'm going to say for uh, Paul Smith. I'm going to say John... Uh, and it was because he had eaten the last Marmite sandwich. <laughs> I don't, you're not is, it, take it. is it someone who killed Roy Scheider or something like no, that? No, 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 no. I don't think you're going to get this. He's a sniper who just shot at him. He's okay. going in his car, he gets All shot right, at cool. and chased him. And the last one, in Groundhog Day, in one of many different ways, Bill Murray kills himself in a car by driving off a cliff. But who is driving the vehicle? Matt. The groundhog. It is the groundhog. <laughs> I think I'm going to give that to Joel. Yes. <laughs> Just because, I don't know. Because Dave I, can't win them all. Because <laughs> I like him. What was the name of the groundhog? Boxer Tony Terry. Phil. Well done, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I actually wrote it down on the <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, this one was harder. I mean, we say that this all the time. This one's harder than harder. I thought. Uh I think it was four main points. The first one was about like this being a, finan- a film, a comment on the financial crisis. And I wasn't convinced, if I'm honest, about this being about the financial crisis. I feel like Gav talking about the money thing. That seems like a... <laughs> You're right. Literally just pulled the mic square into my face. <laughs> uh, it seems like the money issue that's running through it could be pretty standard in many films. And, you know, the graphs and stuff at the end, it does feel a bit shoehorned in. So I wasn't convinced on that point. I did think, it did sound like there was good comedy in this film. I mean, the fact that Gav was telling me these stories and I was laughing along with them sort of convinces me of that. And if I'm honest, I was convinced that it was good action in this film as well. Like, it sounds like they did spend the money on it the only sticking point i had that really got me a bit was this kind of you know the macho element to it which really put me off but i am gonna say that the defense managed to argue that point so i'm gonna put it on the hit list thank you very much alex um honest opinions joel your film yeah, I mean, I, I like it. I think it's a great film, but the reason why I picked it is because not everyone does like it. But I think Alex definitely hit the nail on the head. You know, when we were telling him the comedy, we were all laughing, not just mm. not just Alex. And the comedy in it is extremely fresh, especially uh, for a film of the time when a lot of the things have, have just been done over and over again. And the action's great as well. I think, uh, you know, some of the comments Ozzy and Dave made, potentially, you know, low-hanging fruit and that it's easy to say say those things and uh, you know I, I think that's the style of the film in the end yeah fuck you Dave <laughs> really rubbing it in aren't you I, I didn't want to say it but you guys said it for me I I, I, lo- I love this film I really okay. really liked it uh, first time I ever watched this uh, was a couple of years ago I had a liver biopsy <laughs> Wow. Yeah. It's a good liver biopsy film at the end of the day. Yeah, I always love a story about yeah. a liver biopsy. <laughs> so I had a liver biopsy and afterwards you've got to lie on a bed perfectly still for like six hours. So I'd loaded up a load of films on, on my tablet and this was one of the films I watched and it was the worst choice because I was just laughing so much and like I could feel my liver just like, <laughs> like oh yeah, it was, a, it was a bad choice. I should have watched something really fucking boring essentially. True to form, Gav picked a film that is totally inappropriate. <laughs> yeah, so I absolutely love it. Uh, Dave? 
I really liked it. It was very funny. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, the the stunt choreography that Gav was talking about, it, it's spot on. It's actually for I do stand by that it's a comedy film and the action is second place. But the action that they do put in is very good. I mean I was impressed by the choreography. And it was a signal of what was what was to come next from Adam McKay. But yeah, it was it's genuinely funny. When Gav was talking about, you know, ah, oh, well done guys, I have free hot dogs for life. Yay! <laughs> no drinks though. Boo. <laughs> I can't I can't afford them. I can't afford them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I fully agree I love it I absolutely love the film okay, and, uh, I, when I watched it in the cinema I thought it was absolutely brilliant and, well. and I actually think only at the end when you see the graphs you go oh shit that is what they were saying that makes total sense so the financial angle does make sense in the but film the second you see the graphs you go fuck that's what he was getting in at. the end credits yeah, yeah. 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 Until, but it, it until doesn't then, matter until then it, it makes no odds it's a good yeah, film yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that. you know that's yeah. the thing that yeah. I really liked about this film is it is a really good funny film great action in it but right at the very end as you're leaving he's sending the message that you know what yeah it was a good film but this shit really happens and yeah, look yeah. look at some of the actual shit that I love the way he sends the message that it's a good film first you had a laugh <laughs> yeah yeah well, people <laughs> have died Gav's completely right it's, it's like yeah this was funny and it was over the top but not nearly over the top enough you know look at these figures oh, yeah, look yeah. at this this is actually what's happening day in day out and you're like shit wow didn't even consider that. No, it's asked like some of the, the graphics at the end. So they say that there's been like 700 billion paid out in bailouts for like these big companies mm-hmm. that like lost money because of the financial no one, crash. No one's gone to prison. Yeah, and, uh, and the, which would have equated to at least $2,200 like for every single man, woman and child who lives in America. Yeah, it's yeah. frightening. Yeah. Uh, so, fucking hell. Sorry, Joel's making it. As, I'm going to say, <laughs> Get early, calamitous exit. It's very graceful. <laughs> <I thought. laughs> Knocked over every single thing in his path. Um, as graceful as a rhino. <laughs> a bit of trivia. So the scene after Ershon's lawyer jumps off the building and Hoyts and, Ersh, uh, Hoyts and Gamble fall out, there's a statue of a bull in shot. And I accidentally licked that bull's testicles once. Accidentally licked a bull's testicles. Just let that did, sink in. Did you have your tongue near the testicles? Yes, for a joke photo. And then I accidentally lent in too close and I licked the testicles. You... Again, accidentally. Yeah, it's, accidentally a statue, it's a statue of a bull. This, come, this has come up really it's a, late. In the it's podcast. a statue of, of a bull. It's not a real bull. It's uh, yeah. fine. It's okay. I accidentally had my tongue out really close to <laughs> yeah. the bull's yeah, testicles. Yeah. Who's like, honestly, a photo? honestly, Governor? Uh, well, funnily enough, it was Joel, but he's left now, so we can't even back <laughs> <Sure>. him. <laughs> <laughs> Very convenient. <laughs> okay, uh, so uh, higher or lower than our previous film on trial, which was Speed, which got ninety-four percent critical on on Tomatoes and seventy-eight <laughs> audience. Much as I like. Yeah, I think, I think it's going to be yeah. it's, it not can't be as good as speed. Not everyone's a Will Ferrell fan. I think that's what I think it is. Will Ferrell, but the, the, the makes or people. breaks it. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, yeah, you, you, you're all right. It is low. It's seventy-eight and sixty. Still um, right. So once again, I put up a, tall, a poll on Twitter and asked our friends and followers which list um, the other guys should be placed on. Eighty-five percent of our listeners decided that it should be placed on the hit list. Uh, so oh. before, so not too far off speed. Actually, then that was about eighty-six. Mm. Um, so before we adjourn the case, it's time for a little caption contest. So what I do here is to take a screenshot of the film, put it on Twitter, and ask our friends and followers to provide a funny caption with the best one winning a frog-shaped chocolatey treat. So you guys have just got to pick the funniest. The scene is Marky Mark throwing coffee on Will Ferrell. Uh, so number one, this is for Holmes and Watson. Uh, which is fucking shit by the way don't watch it do not watch it I wasn't going to Gavin. don't just don't I even, watched even about five laugh. minutes and I, like yeah not even not yeah. even oh, see what it's oh, like oh it's awful that was going to be my uh, choice <laughs> <laughs> don't do it to us mate don't do it yeah we'll just tell Joel that he accidentally got defence uh, number two I told you uh, sorry I told you it puts the lotion on the skin or else it gets the <laughs> coffee again <laughs> number three uh Hey, Mark, what's happening? Ah! <laughs> okay. Uh, number four, uh, this is Will Ferrell talking. The MCU is great cinema, Mark. You have no taste. <laughs> uh, number five, how to lose at solitaire. <laughs> number six, it's not coffee. 
<laughs> number seven, that's what you get when you don't include drinks with free hot dogs for life. <laughs> uh, uh, number eight, uh, you got a little something on your shirt right about there. <laughs> uh, I'm going to leave that one to last. Sorry. Uh, next one is, uh, he never throws a second cup of coffee. Sorry. He never throws a second cup of my coffee. Then there's, <laughs> I don't know. Then there's like a meme of somebody drinking coffee. Is uh, it airplane? Is that an airplane thing? Oh, well, I'm not- oh yeah. It's yeah. an airplane joke. Yeah, it is. Yeah, he yeah, never has two cups at home. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, is that it's I don't amazing. get what the gif is though. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's, it's a, it's like a, a gif of a uh, Taylor Swift. I think I'm not that great on pop I culture. I thought it was Taylor Swift. Yeah. yeah. Maybe uh, if they would have used a, a character actor from the eighties sipping the coffee, <laughs> then I would have got onto it. Um, okay. So the next one, uh, playing solitaire at work is frowned upon. <laughs> um, next one. It's not that I didn't like new kids on the block. I just preferred the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> <laughs> and the last one here, I'm sorry. Alex, the tree of life is, and then Dave. <laughs> nice. I'm guessing that's the one that Dave. No, 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 really? no, 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 no. Wow, is that, that just some? That just someone who's. Uh, we, someone. we obviously talk about it way yeah. too much. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely winning it. That's yeah. brilliant. Yeah, it's got to be. So, congratulations to our good friend and fellow, uh, well, no, good long-time listener, Frank the Tank. Frank the Tank. <laughs> you just want yourself a Freddo. What was the film that Frank the Tank put on? I can't remember. Oh, I can't remember. No, I don't know. Tree of Life. <laughs> Frank, Frank's giving me ideas, though. I don't. <laughs> anyway, Frank, uh, get back in touch and suggest another film for us to put on trial, and we will send you a lovely Freddo. Um, so next week's film has been picked out of the hat at random, and it is the 2018, I think, comedy film. Bad Moms Christmas. <laughs> Jesus, are you serious? What? Well, it's Christmas. I when know, the so. hell did we... This well, is a bad well, joke. Sure. When you guys went when you guys went the for the cigarettes, <laughs> we pulled this out of the hat of random. Are you, we what? Emptied, we are you hat. sure it was the hat? We yeah, I'm sceptical. A Bad Moms Christmas, right? Uh, Acting in defence. Don't you fucking dare. Don't you even dream, dream about it. No is Alex way. and Dave. No fucking way. Acting in prosecution is going to be Austin and me and acting in defense. Oh, look how that worked out. Joel. funny little guys. So thank you to everybody who has listened to this episode. Yeah, yeah, nice if you liked the episode, please remember to like, share and subscribe. Tell your friends, tell your family about it. Spread the warm love that is films on trial. Leave us a nice five star rating on Apple Podcasts. Uh, and check out our Twitter page at Film Trials. Check out our fantastic graphic artist, Winston Sang, at the underscore quirks. And, you know, check out our website, filmsontrial.co.uk, and follow us on all social media and on YouTube. So that is it. The Other Guys is a hit, and we'll be in your ears next week with a very Christmassy, a Bad Moms mm. Christmas. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I hear a Bad Moms Christmas is the Dances with Wolves of festive films. <laughs> <laughs> You're going down. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye.